Hello, Lonely Hour listeners. It's Julia, and I'm here to wish you a happy Valentine's Day. This is not exactly episode two of the third season. Rather, it's a special bonus interview, and what better day to give you a gift? Comedian Lane Moore wrote a collection of autobiographical essays called How to Be Alone, out now. In the book, Lane details how absent parents set her up for a young adulthood spent both deeply craving and being deeply uncomfortable with intimacy. Though she may consider herself an orphan, and she may have had trouble finding the right partner just yet, Lane does have what she calls stranger luck. One example of this that struck me from the book is Allison, who Lane met during an eight-day vacation on Prince Edward Island. So I'd gone into this cafe that was nearby where I was staying and, you know, just met this really incredible woman who was just immediately like very kind and warm and and who can quantify why it was, but it was like I was open and she was open and we ended up staying and talking until after the cafe closed and, you know, I met her husband and I met her grandkids and I met her kids and it was just you know, uh, things like this had happened to me a lot in my life and continue to happen to me a lot. And it's, I don't know what it is, but I'm, but I'm grateful for it because I think that having stranger luck is like a beautiful consolation prize from the universe of just like, hey, the people who like society tells you we're supposed to like love you the most and give you the most and be there for you the most. Uh, you didn't have that, but, but we're going to give you totally random people who just immediately think that you're so special and good and wonderful and lovable. I have stayed in touch with her. I've been back to Prince Edward Island since and brought my dog with me and she, she called her her grand puppy. It was so cute. It was really sweet because it was like, she knew like lights is my child. Like it's, we're eerily close. So it was really sweet that she was like, we're so excited to meet her. And like they gave her like cute little dog clothes. What was it about Allison, about your time together that made you feel able to receive her affection? I mean, I still struggled to receive it. I still struggle to receive it now. I kind of liken it to it's like when you've been dying of thirst for a long time, like too long to the point where you're like your mind is, is is warped and you know you're just really not okay and I know that eventually you can die but just go with me on this um and someone like offers you water like you almost like want to like knock the cup out of their hand because you're like what the hell is this why didn't I get this sooner what even is this I don't even know what this is is this poisoned a lot of times the things that you didn't get as a kid even if someone offers them to you as a as an adult you're not sure you deserve it you don't know how to accept it you don't even know what it is like, it's very confusing. No, I totally understand that. And I totally understand um, the disbelief when people are kind uh, or sort of like waiting for the other shoe to drop or something. I definitely face that in romantic relationships. Totally. Like there was um, someone I was in a relationship with who's the loveliest person. It didn't ultimately work out. But um, yeah, he I heard would... the past tense in there. I figured it. Didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, when I would say like my tummy kind of hurts and he'd offer to bring over like medicine I'm like what (laughs) like I just don't believe that someone could be Mm -hmm. which is so basic such a basic sweet you know thing for anyone of course of course he should want to do that but it's very hard for me to exactly yeah (laughs) it's a low bar though 
Like, that's what's so funny is it's like a lot of the things that people have done for me that were like, so, oh, oh, my God, you're so kind. Like, I remember there was a dude I dated a long time ago. And uh, at the time, like, I never really was like a big drinker. But I was like, I'm going to drink today. I'm going to drink alcohol like a normal youth. And I drank like way too much. And I was throwing up. And I remember he like sat with me while I was throwing up and like held my hair back. And I like made him like an entire art project like the next day and like did like 50 things for him because I was like oh my god thank you so much and it's like in retrospect I want to like shake myself and just be like hey guess what he did the most basic thing a boyfriend could possibly do like you you're giving people medals for like treating you like a human being I'm working on like when someone does something nice for me like not saying thank you 20,000 times and feeling like I have to do 16 things in return to make up for whatever you know even today my friend was like she'd offered her apartment to like oh if you want to go do the podcast at my place and she'd given me keys and I was like oh I think it's too hard to reorganize and I was like I can't find my keys they're in the bottom of my bag and she was like just keep them and I was like huh like just that idea of like but what if what if our friendship suddenly dissolves and then you don't have your keys despite her trust issues Lane now has higher standards for romance she credits this in part to a relationship with a man named Everett my relationship with him really gave me a wonderful barometer to be like, oh, wait a minute. Um, and like I'd had this with with a lot of guys before this, but but his was just, I don't know, where it was like, oh, wait, hold on. There are men who like, you know, first date or two are like, no, I want you to be my girlfriend. You're it. Like I'm in. You know, he brought me flowers every single time I saw him and like was constantly surprising me with things, sending me things in the mail. Like that was just who he was and he was so excited to do it and I you know I would see his like calendar was like he was constantly like planning little things to do for and like that's so I know that's a thing so now the current idea of like oh we'll just go get some like terrible alcohol and I'll like finger you on a rooftop like we'll never fly with me like I would sooner die like no because and I get again you know it's like if that's working for somebody that's fine but yeah, just the whole like, well, we'll do whatevs and see what happens and see. Just no, because I'm fortunate in that before Netflix and shell stuff became a thing, I had dated a lot of super romantic uh, men who did a lot of really like lovely things. I was not ready to receive them yet, but I know that they exist. So I'm very grateful that I have that guidepost because I have heard from people who've read the book who've been like, oh my God, no one's ever done anything like that for me. And I'm like, yeah, I I imagine my views would be maybe different if I hadn't had people do things like that for me. Lane also talks about the importance of physical touch in the book, non-sexual, consensual physical touch. We don't really get that as adults. Like very, it's like maybe you'll like hug people, but that's it. But like nobody really like pets your head and you don't really cuddle with anybody unless you probably slept with them or whatever like there's not a lot of like that's just not anything that we we do which is so strange because like we're animals one of my favorite things my dog will do is she will very directly just like come up to me and be like pet me now and like I wish I could do that to people and just be like I need to be pet now go like (laughs) but it's not socially sanctioned and I think that that is such a huge part of loneliness I think why so many people feel alone is because we require these like really if you want to be to experience like non-sexual physical touch 
it's got to be with a partner. It just does. It's like as much as we see in movies and stuff where it's like two best friends like braiding each other's hair and like petting each other's in their like heads in their lap and they're crying like that doesn't happen. That's not a thing. You know, I mean, it's not for me. That's not I don't see a lot of my friends like really with like a lot of physical touch. Do you like I don't think Um, that's a thing. No, I mean, I am a little bit more with friends who I made when I was younger. Right. So like we were all a little more touchy in our like teens and in college, you know, and yes, it's definitely as you get, you know, deeper into adulthood that wanes. Um, But I yeah, I do love that. And why there's such a deep feeling of intimacy among my college friends is not only because we've had more time together than some of the people I've met, you know, in my New York life, but also um, like just throwing my arm around one of them, you know, casually and standing there and sort of talking to someone at a bar, but 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 being, you know, our arms linked in a way that we might have, like it feels very teenage in a way, but like it's safe to do that with them. Um, but it's, totally. but I love it. Yeah, I feel so much more um, sustained afterwards by that feeling. Yeah. Totally. It's, it's really vital. Like it's absolutely vital. I think especially for... Maybe everybody, but I just think that people who live in big cities, it's like we're kind of fooled into thinking that we're all around people all the time because we are, you know, but but to, to feeling like like that's closeness and then we're very confused as to why we feel alone because it's like, oh, I can't get away from people. And it's like, yeah, but you're not actually connecting with them and like no one's ever like touching you in a soothing way. So you talk about being a hopeless romantic in the book. What is your attitude towards Valentine's Day? Well, my dog Lights' birthday is on Valentine's Day. She's a rescue, so I didn't know specifically. But when they asked me to pick a birthday, I was like, oh, it's so Valentine's Day. (laughs) Because she is just like a giant heart. So this year... um, I'm yeah I'm just gonna spend it with her and like do a bunch of things my relationship with my dog has been so huge for me um animals are an incredible bridge we tell people that like oh if you're alone with your cat or you're alone with your dog like that's sad I'm like why that's so ridiculous that when we make animals these like sad consolation prizes like she's my favorite thing in the world one of the things that I really wanted to do with the book is remind people that like that counts that's special that's not sad so you know if you want to do something for you and your cat or you and your dog or you and your ferret if you're a weird 13 year old boy (laughs) I don't really know who else owns ferrets no offense ferret owners um (laughs) I just don't know any of them but um I think that's totally fine because it's supposed to be a day where you're supposed to spend it with you know it's supposed to be this like celebration of love so that can come in any form That's it for our conversation with Lane Moore. Again, happy Valentine's Day. And as Lane said, and as I always say, enjoy yourself. Thanks to Christine Driscoll for helping me whip this interview together and to Chris McLeod for creating our theme song. Kenzie Wilbur, you're wonderful.